my name is Johnny Wills at UC Today and welcome to our video on how CPAS is transforming CX and that's CPAS communications platform as a service and CX customer experience. To answer this question and many more I'm joined by David Jennings head of global sales engineering at Webex CPAS. Hello David. Hey Johnny, uh, thanks for having me and um, yeah really excited to talk all things CPAS and customer experience with you today. Thanks for joining us. Um, so if we can kick off with an introduction, David, uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself and uh, your role at WebEx CPAS? Yeah, um, I'll keep it short, but I've been with the, I've been in the industry and with the same business for the past 15 years. Um, it is a fast moving space, always evolving. So it's kept me on my toes and kept me engaged. We, I, well, I was part of a, a company called iMyMobile, um, who were recently acquired two years ago by Cisco. We're now part of the WebEx platform. Me personally, I've done a variety of roles in my time over the 15 years. I've worked with the product teams. I've worked in sales, pure new business, account management, moved across to the more technical sales engineering piece. And yeah, landed today. Um, I'm based out in Toronto and I head up the global sales engineering teams we have across APJC, EMEA and Americas. Wow. Okay, so first question, straight in. What is CPAS and why does it matter for enterprises? Yeah, okay, so let's get going. I've tried to approach this from um, a few angles. So I've got three, three kind of definitions for you. The first one is, I guess, the original, the classic, where the, the, the term CPAS originated from was coined by Gartner. They describe it as cloud-based technology that enables businesses to integrate customer, uh, customized communication capabilities, including things like voice, video, messaging, into applications and business processes or services by essentially deploying APIs. Um, I think from being in the industry, that makes a lot of sense to me, uh, but I thought some people aren't. Often I'm asked by friends and family, uh, what do you do? And even customers sometimes really don't understand the term CPAS. Uh, a topical AI that everyone's talking about, ChatGPT. Uh, I, I threw this one in there, I guess a cheap interview answer to ask it, um, how do you explain CPAS to a 10 year old? And I thought this was a great, um, uh, a great definition, uh, really simplified the way we look at CPAS. And they described it as a way for people and businesses to communicate with each other using the internet. They described it as a big digital phone system that lets you make calls, send text messages, even have video chats all through your computer or your phone. Um, instead of having to set up really complicated equipment to make these connections, you can use a CPAS provider to do it for you, the role of the CPAS provider. And this makes it easier and faster for people to communicate with businesses no matter where they are in the world. Um, I love the simplicity of it. I thought it was really clever, um, the way that it was able to pull out those, those themes and be spot on. Um, and and I, have, I guess a final definition, which is probably the most important one. This is one uh, a, um, a customer said to us, one of our, our leading customers in, in a UK telco. They simply described it in a sentence as, the ability to take a trigger or event or customer interaction from any system in their enterprise and deploy a highly personalized communication in real time across any channel. And I think, again, understanding it from a customer perspective is really important because essentially if they don't get it and they don't see the value in it, there's really no point to it at all. Um, and from our perspective, you ask kind of why? 
Um, <laughs> why does this matter? Well, we think it's a really fast-growing space. Um, it's backed up by stats from the likes of Gartner that 95% of organizations will have CPAS by 2026, I think they're saying. Um, previously, we had what we call kind of one-size-fits-all communication services, you have like the marketing automation tools and, and things like that that people are more familiar with. Uh, CPAS, uh, I think I even read in UC Today that it's growing uh, faster than any other communication technology, 26 billion by 2027 and a 30 plus percent compound growth rate. So yeah, CPAS is, is pretty hot right now. Businesses are continuing to adopt it. They need to adopt it. And um, it opens up a whole new world of interaction between businesses and their customers. Well, that's comprehensive. I must remember to use G chat GBT to help me understand more about the industry. <laughs> um, great. Um, if we can move on to the second question, can you share some popular use cases as to how CPAS is improving CX and meeting customer expectations? Yeah, um, I think I think we all experience CPAS in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, our focus on Maybe when we talk about popular, some of the ways in which I think CPAS is adding tremendous value. Um, I think if you imagine a world, which is quite hard to imagine, but where <laughs> last minute flight delays no longer induce stress, right? if we can imagine that world, instead of having to call up operators, wait on hold for hours, you simply receive a text message or a notification that tells you that there has been a delay or there's been a disruption. It gives you options to reschedule seamlessly or speak to an agent if you do need to in your own time. I think if we look at another sector like banking, uh, we're all familiar with fraud alerts and suspicious activity. We've received those notifications that say, ah, oh, there's been a transaction. Smishing and lack of trust is huge in this space right now. So the way in which these guys are doing it the best is, is personalization. So making sure you're including who the, who the customer is, what card was being used, last four digits, um, the vendor that they spent their money with. And the importance of it as well is, is, is it's all happening in real time. If it's happening in real time, again, you lose trust. But more importantly, if I'm sat there on Ticketmaster trying to get my Taylor Swift tickets and I've got that countdown clock coming, um, I, need to, I need to be able to unblock my card. And 95% of, of fraud transactions are legitimate. So having that real-time nature that then integrates with the back-end system to say, Dave has responded, um, yes, this was him, unblock his card, that has to happen within milliseconds. And of course, there's the, you know, the unfortunate unhappy path where somebody actually does suffer a fraud transaction, and that involves different orchestration. So CPAS has to handle different response paths and be able to then say, okay, in this case, let's keep the card blocked and let's escalate this person into a human or a fraud specialist in, again, real time. And that decision tree requires greater empathy. So, yeah, a couple of examples of where CPAS is improving customer experience. Um, but it's important that it's increasing efficiencies and, and saving cost to business, right? It's not just CX for the sake of CX. Right. Oh, excellent. So what are the challenges for enterprises then when uh, implementing CPAS? Yeah, I mentioned I've been in this space for kind of 15 years. I've seen a lot of change on, on all sides, both CPAS vendors, ourselves, um, but also the enterprises, the, the businesses that adopt it, and of course, the customer. I think the fundamental first challenge is the CX challenge, right? We're talking about customer experience here. So we all recognize the value of exceptional, great customer experiences. 
for both the customers and the orgs that, that, that kind of serve them. Um, but I think the challenge is, uh, is building, maintaining and evolving these journeys as they grow year by year, as we have more systems, as consumer demands change all the time. You know, in CPaaS, communication platforms as a service, we, we see new channels constantly becoming available to uh, contact customers over. Competitors are, are coming with um, you know, digital disruptors with no tech debt, no baggage, and they're launching these new initiatives and making it look easy. So there's a lot of factors to consider, but I think for large enterprises particularly, the, the key point is they, they don't have the technologies and the operational agility to keep up. Or they have legacy systems, they lack flexibility, they can't easily adopt digital channels, automation, and, and I guess organization-wide integration or transformation. So if we look at ourselves from a CPaaS perspective and the challenges with adopting CPaaS in the market, I think um, the traditional developer-led CPaaS approach, which does cater for uh, that last mile connectivity, you know, um, the hassles of procuring numbers and APIs for sending and receiving messages. But this alone, it still relies on heavy lifting of writing application logic for automating customer journeys, right? It still, it still means that interacting with existing business systems, it's down to developers to code that. Um, this means enhancing or modifying and being agile, like we just said, is very, very difficult. It's scaling this is difficult. IT end up becoming this kind of bottleneck in, in, in deploying CPaaS for the enterprise. And so essentially, we think this is the real challenge with that traditional CPaaS approach. Coding application silos, who wrote the code, do they still work here? Uh, can the line of business, you know, can the, your stakeholder who, who wants to deploy this program have any influence or understanding uh, or access to what's been built for them by IT, for their customers. And so it's creating kind of roadblocks in the business, uh, I think, to some extent. And, and as I mentioned, those digital natives, disruptors, I think maybe this works for them, um, this developer-led approach, because they have little tech debt, they want to write all of their own IP, uh, they have swarms and teams of developers that are ready to do so, who are all keen to get their hands dirty, and it's easy for them. It's not a luxury afforded to most large enterprises though. You know, they've accumulated tech debt, they can't remake systems overnight, um, or they'll potentially waste years of investment. And I think, um, yeah, there is a distinction that, that Gartner have begun to make as well, that talk about two types of CPaaS vendors. And I'll, I'll make this distinction now. Developer CPaaS providers who I just discussed focus on that last mile connectivity, but there's an emerging breed of co-creator CPaaS providers. They, they are trying to, I should even say we are trying to uh, facilitate the automation of end-to-end -end journeys via a, a platform approach, a centralized platform, and act more as a glue, uh, an orchestration layer between communication uh, channels that are proliferating on one side and those complex and many busy enterprise systems on the other side. And this is a more business focused approach and it comes with key capabilities like rapid deployment, seamless integration, and I think most importantly, support services, real people to help you uh, consult with you on your programs, understand how to do some of the heavy lifting and not just leave everything for your developers to code. Um, and I make that distinction now as I think we might I might allude back to it as we move through the interview, that developer-led versus co-creator, where I think maybe some of the solution to those challenges lies in these co-creator CPaaS providers. Okay, so what are the benefits, do you think, of implementing an enterprise CPaaS? Yeah, um, I think 
you know, at a very high level, of course, you look at better engagement with customers, achieve digital transformation, deliver better customer experience, as we said, CX is key in here, and reducing costs, right? But that sounds quite simple. If I was to expand on a couple of the more important ones, especially on that co-creator platform approach I just touched on, I would say improving collaboration between business and IT, uh, that is a key a key benefit that Co-Creator CPaaS can provide. Um, we kind of, that's the only real way to get ahead, get maximum value from your customer experience investments. You've got to work uh, across business, across business departments with IT. And this helps significantly with striking that balance between uh, the needs of the business and the demands of the customer. That's one of the trickiest kind of operational tasks that, that we have. You know, customers are always looking for more features. They're looking for more variety in products and services. They're looking for more ways to contact you, more support, um, but there's just never enough resource or budget to accommodate it. And I think CPaaS, when we talk about the benefits, offers a more efficient way to respond to your customers' communication needs, um, but also deliver high quality experiences at what I would say is a comparatively low investment, right? And, and to expand, I guess, on, on that, you can start small with CPaaS. You can add depth to your customer experience with something as simple as shipment notifications or point reminders. And because of the cloud-based nature of CPaaS, um, and because it's packed with streamlined development tools in this co-creator environment, you can rapidly ramp up to these interactive channels like WhatsApp, make journeys two-way, add rescheduling without reinventing the wheel. Right? You don't need to also worry about extra hardware installation or buying new software licenses. So that starts to um, exponentially give you a better return on investment the more you use your CPaaS platform and the more complex you, you build these customer journeys, it's not costing you more to become better. I think, of course, we're talking about, I mentioned the, the, the WhatsApp and adding new channels. I think the communication piece itself is, is incredibly important in the benefits of CPaaS. I think today there are more communication channels, more ways to contact customers than ever before. Um, we often say, meet your customers where they are uh, on the channels that matter most to them. Because we said, customers want options. Everyone's got a preferred channel for contacting a business, whether it's phone, email, messaging apps, live chat, um, other avenues for interaction. We, we did some research and I think it showed two key things. One, channel preferences varied uh, depending on the type of uh, organization. So retailers, people happy to receive updates via SMS, banking, they're not so happy to receive their personal banking information over SMS. They might want it behind a secure app where they have biometrics to go and access that, right? They want to push a notification to say, go and check something. And in the same way, the second is the type of interaction. So customers might want to ask questions over social media, but they don't want to use it for an order management platform. So again, it's not a one size fits all approach. It's not one channel. And I think the right CPaaS software is highly customizable. So you can create that channel mix that caters exactly to your own industry, market, uh, customer base, use cases, and the different products and services that you offer. And I think that can help to differentiate you from competitors, but also allow you to adopt it easily, right? Again, I said, you don't have to reinvent the wheel to add that new channel. You're not completely coding everything from scratch in silos. And I think that's uh, an important benefit of CPaaS that um, I think businesses are starting to realize in, in recent times. Well explained. If I can ask, David, why is democratizing CPaaS important for enterprises? And what is the role of low code in helping that? 
Yeah, great question. Um, and and if I refer back to kind of the couple of mentions of of developer first CPaaS tools, we 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 termed our, our co-creator CPaaS uh, as an enterprise CPaaS model, really, because we think it takes that step further towards this approach, um, utilizing the benefits of low code and and that word democratization, and. We do this, I think, with what we would call a platform approach because a platform allows IT to have the centralized control over the development tools, um, the integration, automation capabilities, but it also, more importantly, in the terms of democratization, it allows business users like analysts and CX professionals to also tailor communications based on customer preferences. That invites them to the party. It allows them to be part of this greater collaboration um, and that that essentially provides more insightful customer experiences when the, the, the owners of the of the customer are able to help design and, and be part of their own customer journeys. But it also eases pressure on IT teams to build each journey from scratch every time. Um, and you mentioned low-code. So we do this using a low-code environment, uh, what we might call a Visio-like drag-and-drop flow builder. You know, you can envisage something on a whiteboard. You can draw it in a room with your IT team and your line of business, and then you can literally drop that into the canvas within our, um, within our tool, and you'll still understand exactly what's been uh, being designed. And so within our tool, it's not just a nice flow builder. You know, we provide a lot of the standing building blocks that you need to design these customer journeys, the utilities, the right functions. Um, so you can adopt a low-code um, approach, sometimes a no-code approach even, uh, and you don't need to write unique code for every journey. Right? Developers construct or they configure the experience rather than code it. And that allows uh, building customer journeys faster. You don't have to assign a full coding team to the task. And I think most importantly, one of the things we hear from our customers is it means developers can build and modify communication flows in hours. They're always surprised at how quickly they can um, go to market when things would have taken them maybe weeks or months previously if they're doing a full code approach. And I think the best CPaaS providers as well within this kind of canvas and suite of applications and tools will provide AI, natural language processing, and other components that would usually require, uh, I guess, specialists to develop. And so, yeah, it's this kind of configure, not code approach that helps IT expand its talent pool, um, allow non-technical users and developers to both be involved in building and maintaining these journeys. And um, the net result really is significant reduction of programming effort, better CX delivered, and clearly speeding up time to market and reducing that overall cost to serve. And I think this it's this approach that creates the ideal environment for IT and, and line of business democratization. Nicely said. Well, I've got one last question for you, David, if you don't mind. Um, what roles can you see ChatGBT taking in CPaaS, if any, or the UC space in general? And how do you think, uh, how soon do you think this will start to arrive? Yeah, that's a great question. It's probably one of the more, more topical things being discussed amongst our team and, and wider business at the minute. Um, Initially, I think there are two, for me, and, and, and my opinion on this is going to change month to month as I learn more and I'm at the start of my journey here. Um, the two things initially that we've looked at is, of course, from an open AI conversational perspective, there's the, the, the customer facing part. Um, and we have started to build our, um, our, our chatbots, let's say, 
um, or certain journeys which would have quite linear structured paths. We've opened up the ability to, to, to say, ask anything, right? And it will take full context and we can call out API call into chat GBT, pass it over the payload and give the customer question to chat GBT to provide us the response to. Um, whereas previously you'd have to pretty much define all of those outcomes in an AI in a, in a chatbot builder before, chat GBT allows you the flexibility to basically ask anything, <laughs> which is, which in itself is also quite scary because it removes a little bit of the control that maybe enterprises would have had over what the response is going to be. So right now we're, we're, we're working through that and working out how um, this huge open universe of you can ask it anything great um, it is actually enterprise ready, I think is, is for want of a better word. Um, the second one, which we've already started doing, which is amazing, and I wouldn't normally use the term no code. I think low code is always the way in which our, our software is. You still need developers to do some bit of coding. Yeah. But we've actually started to ask within certain areas where you need to use some JavaScript in our um, in building these customer journeys. We've asked ChatGPT to write the, 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 the code. And so ChatGPT is, is already helping write the snippets of code required for certain customer journeys, wow. which opens again. It changes the game completely because you suddenly can have non-technical, I mean, I talked about the democratization, where if you, if you know the right question to ask, then at that point, you're, you're simply able to ask the right question, get the right bit of code for your part of the customer journey that you're building. Um, and again, that's going to ease significant amounts of time and effort from developers. Um, again, give people who have not technically skilled more ability to start to build these low code journeys and have the, um, the coding bit not be quite as significant to them. So yeah, it's going to improve life for developers and hopefully it's going to improve uh, the, the the whole chatbot scene and, and the way in which that's quite um, limited today. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. Wow, what a road we're on. That's really exciting and a little bit scary, but also brilliant. Um, thanks for your, your time, David, and answering all the questions so uh, comprehensively. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting us on. It was a pleasure to talk to you guys, and yeah, hopefully some of the the listeners and audience um, got some value out of our our conversation today. No problem at all. I hope we can do it again soon. Um, if you'd like to book a WebEx Connect demo, uh, please go to imimobile.com forward slash contact forward slash book a demo, and that's book hyphen a. Uh, hyphen demo and uh, I'm, uh, IMI mobile is imimobile.com forward slash contact forward slash book a demo. Uh, thanks to everyone for watching. Uh, if you've enjoyed today's video, please hit the subscribe below and also give us a shout out on the socials. Look for UC Today News and UC Today. Uh, my name is Johnny Wills from UC Today and thank you very much for watching.